0: Hey everyone, it's Michael here from GoodyReader.com and on today's show, we're going to take a look at what the e-reader industry is going to look like this year. We're going to put an emphasis on the major brands, so Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, and to a lesser degree, Onyx Books, Tolino Remarkable, and all of the other e-note companies in the business who make both consumer-grade e-readers, as well as digital note-taking devices. So let's start to show off with the majors. So Amazon, what is their plans for 2022? Well, we have to look back at what they did at late 2021. They refreshed the Paperwhite and they just didn't have one model, but they actually came out with two. And these were very compelling value propositions and a stark departure from... Amazon's incremental updates is basically what they do with e-readers. I almost feel like they copy other people's brands and take their most well-known and well-received features and then eventually integrate it into the Kindle. So the Paperwhite basically increased in screen size from six inches to 6.8 inches providing much more screen real estate. More text will fit on the screen at any given time, even with smaller fonts. Or even if you have to increase the font size, you will still get a tremendous reading experience. Now, not only that, but Amazon actually increased the performance of the Kindles. They actually used a brand new e-paper technology called Carta 1200. And Goody Reader actually broke the story of the new paper whites using this technology why hasn't other people and other news organizations reported on it well we have good relationship with that with amazon and when i saw 20 percent increase in page turn speed i immediately knew that they were using new e-paper technology because when kobo released their new devices like the sage and things like that they actually did the same marketing spin and so I knew that the new Kobo Sage was using Carta 1200 as well and so I reached out to my Amazon contacts and was just like yo I know you're not using Carta, you know, Carta HD which you've always used you're using a new you know screen technology can you ping the engineering team and just confirm if you're if you're using and I stated you know just confirm that you're using Carta 1200 or not and after like literally a day they got back to me and they answered a bunch of questions I had about you know how many front lights are on the new devices, what the exact processor was that they were using, um, you know, uh, DDR, what type of RAM they were using. And they actually gave me the, you know, the scoop that, yeah, we're using 1200. So basically it increases all aspects of the Kindle uh, to a great degree. So not only is page turn speed uh, dramatically increased, which falls in line with their new animated page churn system that they implemented on new paper whites. But it was also when you navigate around the device, you click on the store, you click on the settings menus, you click on you know the library menu. All those things have dramatically increased in performance ranging from about 25% ver- and about 50% versus the 10th generation Kindle Paperwhite. So There are plenty of key features that the Paperwhite brought to the table. Uh, A new color temperature system. So this was borrowed from the Kindle Oasis. So you both have white LED lights as well as amber LED lights. Uh, There's two models to choose from now. So they have the standard 8 gigabyte model and also the Signature Edition, which is a brand new product they've never done a signature edition of anything before. So it has 32 gigs. It has an ambient light sensor. So it'll automatically dim or increase the brightness of the front-lit display based on environmental conditions, USB-C, uh, on both models, as well as quick charging. So what are Amazon's plans for future e-readers in 2022? Well, they're, you know, their paperweight is their best-selling most purchased Kindles of and you know, um, it's, it's their most popular brand. So you have to look at the Kindle Basic. This model came out in 2019 and it's pretty well ideal for someone who has never had an e, re- e- reader before. The PPI is pretty paltry at about 107, 167, six inch display. The text really doesn't look very crisp, but Amazon's made good inroads in their Bookerly font as well as their Amber and Amber Bold fonts. So even on Less than ideal PPI on e-readers. Text looks good, but I find it kind of looks a bit muddled. So, one thing that the Kindle Basic brought to the table when it came out in 2019 is that it had a front lit display for the first time. So it just has four LED lights, which is not very bright. Um, the Paperwhite previous generation had four. The Paperwhite 11 generation has about 24 LED lights. So. How midway through the basics cycle, like their life cycle, Amazon quietly increased the storage from four gigs to eight gigs, which was a welcome change. I believe that Amazon will refresh this model sometime in 2022, likely towards the end of the year around like September, October-ish. I believe that it'll happen before Black Friday, and after Prime Day. So Prime Day, I believe, happens in May or June of this year. Amazon hasn't really announced when Prime Day is, but they don't want to have it in July because people are on vacations. So they wanted to have it like in June because people aren't really in vacation mode yet. Um, So I believe that they'll do a few things. They'll probably introduce USB-C on this model as well. I doubt they'll do a color temperature system, uh I doubt they'll also increase the resolution or make it waterproof so the Kindle Basic will be a small incremental upgrade. Not too exciting sorry to dash your hopes but what's really exciting is what is Amazon going to do with the Kindle Oasis? Well their third generation model also came out in 2019. This used to be considered their flagship e-reader. Uh, high cost, they had different, pro, you know, different uh, sellier models that you can choose from whether you wanted the 4G LTE version to pay more or if you just wanted like the base model with like Wi-Fi. But no matter what market you lived in, it's a pretty expensive, especially for the 3G LTE or 4G LTE version. So the screen is made of glass and a body is made of high green aluminum. It has physical page turn buttons and also an ambient light sensor. So I believe that the Oasis could definitely do with some upgrades. And here's what I think that they're going to do. They're going to do USB-C because the Paperwhite's finally adopted USB-C and all future e-readers will likely have this going forward. I believe that they'll also include the Ant Carta 1200 display technology that the new paperweights are employing. And I think that they'll have a higher version of Bluetooth, so more headphones and earbuds will be compatible to listen to audiobooks. Speaking of it, I think they'll actually have two different storage options, 32 gigs and 64 gigs. One of the reasons why the Oasis is a flagship e-reader is because it has like the best the best of the best, you know, not everyone's going to buy this, but the people who want the best features will often do it. And so for people that have siloed huge collections, people who read a copious amount of PDFs, people who download or listen or have an Audible subscription and they just, you know, they have 50, 100 different audiobooks, and you want to listen to it, 64 gigs is a nice sweet spot for space. So I, I th- don't think that Amazon will ever do an SD card again. And I doubt they'll go to 128 gigs, but I think they will go either with 32 or 64 or an either or cheaper model, more expensive model. Um, they're not going to do sellier options going forward. Amazon kind of told me that the new generation paperweights didn't have a cellular model. And it was the first time out of all the paperweights that they didn't have a cellular model. So they kind of told me that going forward, they're not going to really like, a, like do this again. Primarily because like, if you've read our website, we kind of broke a bunch of stories about how Amazon was going to discontinue their f- th- 3G and 4 uh, networks which means that like i don't know like roughly 20 de- different devices will not be able to, to connect to 3G anymore it's because like amazon's various partners like uh, AT&T in the states and other like cellular partners overseas like in the UK and Europe Australia and so on they're all sunsetting their 3G networks so basically by the end of 2022 and uh going into early 2023 you will not be able to actually get 3g anymore and amazon doesn't really want to run into the situation again where 4g is suddenly going to be sunsetted in like three or four years or maybe a little bit longer so they just start like no we're not going to deal with that we're just going to go wi-fi only and that's it if you want to have you know internet access you can just like tether it t- to your phone and just create like a-, a hotspot or something like that. Most people do this anyways. So I think that Amazon will increase the screen size of the Oasis um from like roughly seven inches right now to seven point eight uh which will be ideal to view comicsology comics and manga. As you guys know Amazon owns Comixology and they own, own them for a handful of years now and Comicsology's website is being shut down and it's pretty well just being integrated into the Amazon app for iOS and Android so that's how you're going to buy and read comics going forward but also on the Kindle as well and I think the Oasis would be good for comics especially if they release like a higher you know 64 gig model it'll fit a n- number of comics on there because comics traditionally when you download them they're anywhere between like 50 megs and about 150 megs it really depends on like if they're really designed for like hd high resolution i remember when i was reading comiXology on the app for the ipad when they still allowed in-app purchases on there i was buying more comics I was doing all of that and then eventually Comixology decided to when Amazon bought them they're like yo we're not gonna pay Apple a percentage of each comic anymore we're just gonna do it so you can buy comics on the website and then sync it to like all your devices and after they did that I really didn't use Comixology anymore but they made a big deal about HD comics so HD comics were like bigger downloads but like on like an iPad you could really tell the difference like they were just like the text bubbles, like for text, the it was just easier to read. Like the, the colors were rich. There was a wider gamut. So I really like that. But with on an e-reader, you're not going to really get that. But I really kind of think that with Amazon's priority of integrating comiXology into its own system now, as opposed to comiXology's own system, I think that the Oasis, with a 7.8 screen size, would be indicative of a great comic experience the nice sweet spot about a 7.8 inch e-reader is that you can still maintain 300 ppi and i think that this is something that amazon really wants out of all their sort of flagship e-readers so the new paper whites 7 uh, 6.8 300 ppi you can still maintain 300 ppi to 7.8 but anything greater than a 7.8 inch screen you won't get 300 ppi anymore so That's my ideas of what Amazon could do for the Oasis, but you know, they could just discontinue it altogether. I mean, they did this with the Voyage, they did this with the Kindle DX. So getting rid of the Oasis and maybe coming out with an all new product, maybe likely. Uh, You know, will they do a color e reader? This is something that is asked all the time. Like when Peter and I do live chats on our YouTube channel, um, at YouTube.com slash GoodyReader, we have a live section where we do like... Peter does weekly uh, podcasts where he looks at like new tech that we get in our labs. And then we do like a monthly sort of wrap up of like the e-reader industry. And a lot of the times people are like, well, will, when will Amazon do a color Kindle? Not anytime soon, especially not in 2022. Just e-paper, color e-paper in general is not ready for prime time from like a major company like Amazon not by like a long shot colors are too washed out but there is like you know some you know the third generation clito 3 which will be announced at sid display week in may of this year and many companies in the e-reader industry have told me that around q4 that they're going to be releasing next gen color e-readers so you know um they need lead time to do it so i think that you know they already probably have this like tech like evaluation kits that they have been sent they haven't told me that but they have, have to because like the lead time to make e-readers generally is between like four and six months so they really need to have this sort of like tech that they can tinker around with before they do prototypes before they do mass production all this takes time so i think that e-ink really only could really do this like within the next few months before they have to unveil it and tell people what it's all about it's just important that they do this so i don't really know what they're going to be doing with it um i've talked to e-ink they're very cagey about what is going to be included in this I just think more colors, higher PPI, but even that I don't think will be enough for Kobo or Amazon or Barnes & Noble to adapt color. So I know that Lab 126, which is Amazon's research and development division in California, they're responsible for making the Kindle, Alexa, the tablets, the Fire TV Uh, virtually everything, everything that is considered Amazon devices was pretty well made at Lab 126. So they constantly are experimenting with like different things. I know from people who work there that they are experimenting with e-notes right now. So 7.8, 10.3 and 13.3 are three different screen sizes that they're currently messing around with. Other than that, I don't really know. I know that they're always messing around with, like, various things. You know, we have an Alexa microwave. So, I mean, stranger things have happened. But it could be something to it. I mean, Kobo did get into the digital E-Note game with the Kobo Ellipsa and Sage released last year. And they were the first ones to have, like, a premium Kobo pencil. Writing, uh, freehand drawing, solving complex math equations. You know, I mean, you only really have to like look at the functionality on Kobo to the competition, whether, whether the Fujitsu quaderno A4, A5 second generation, the Big Me, the Remarkable 2, the Onyx books. I mean, everybody's involved in the eNote space, and I feel like Amazon really has to enter this space but they have to do it in a really thoughtful way in order for consumers to adopt to it but every most the average customer knows that they can take notes on an e-ink screen now that's and that's really customer awareness is is the big thing because people buy will buy devices from amazon because their marketing machine is is the best in the business so what are kobo's plans for 2022 well also we have to look at what they did in 2021 they got involved in a digital note-taking game for the very first time with their two hybrid style e-readers and e-notes they developed an all-new stylus they did like a, a power case for the sage which will like double the battery life of like the sage because the bad you know the case actually has battery on it and it's the first time that kobo has ever released an accessory for that the big hyping factors behind that is not only can you buy and read kobo ebooks and listen to audiobooks on these devices but with the stylus you can freehand draw and note annotate ebooks and pdf documents there's a lot of like good like Things that you can do with this and it's an important growth aspect to Kobo's business to be able to have these hybrid devices where you can take notes if you want but you can also have these like large screen e-readers that you could use to you know uh read comics manga pdf files things that you need larger screens for and the ellipsa i, I believe it's like a 10.3 inch device sage greater than seven inches i mean it's good they also did the libra 2 last year which was primarily aimed at consumers a uh, base level like e-reader but i mean it has a lot of really positive things like going for it so they have more skus in their portfolio than any given time they have the kobonia the Claire hd the libra 2 the forma the sage and ellipsa so, the sheer number of devices hit all sorts of price points. The Nia is an entry level e reader that competes against the Kindle Basic, Pocketbook Basic Lux 4. The, the Clara HD competes against the Paperwhite, Onyx Book Nova Air, Pocketbook Touch Lux 5. Uh, the Libra 2 competes against the same devices, but also like the Nook Glowlight 4 the Sage and Ellipsa primarily aimed at professional level users because they're obviously expensive, but they're meant to basically be aimed at the type of users that are considering buying a Remarkable 2 or Super Note A5X or A6X or another like product such as like, I don't know, the, um, the Onyx book like Nova Air or something like that. So what will Kobo do in 2022? So the head of Kobo Devices told me in an interview that they're bullish about audiobooks and that every new device that they will release in the future will have audiobook functionality. So it'll have Bluetooth, it'll have the ability to buy audiobooks right on the device, as well as subscribe to their Kobo Plus program. Uh, You know, Kobo has an audiobook subscription program too, so you could, low monthly fee, listen to audiobooks, pick them up, things like that. So, um digital note-taking they also said was something that wasn't just on these two devices only and they'll never do again they will release more uh, in the future as well as you know refine the note-taking experience going forward i think in 2022 kobo will do something interesting i think that they will work out an agreement with overdrive so people could borrow audiobooks books from overdrive directly on a kobo e-reader. Right now you can only do ebooks. I think that now that almost all kobo e-readers like especially their most popular ones, um their newer ones like um you know the sage, the libra 2 and the could all like listen to audiobooks, but their nia and clary hd they can't. So I think that they will not introduce audiobook borrowing from overdrive until all of their new de- uh, until all of their devices have the ability to do it. So, here's my thoughts. They will probably kill the forma because the forma is too close to the sage now in terms of screen size and functionality. I mean, they are relatively the same price, but you're getting so much more value out of the Sage now that I really don't think that there's, like, room in Kobo's marketing machine to have the Forma in their, but like, portfolio. I think that they'll probably do a Nia 2 and a Clara HD 2, whether they adhere to those naming uh conventions or whether they just call them something else but i definitely think that the the nia is older the claire hd is older they probably will refresh this with like bluetooth and audiobook like you know compatibility and then this will ensure that every device in Kobo's portfolio will have audiobook functionality and in which turn time they could work out an agreement with overdrive which they told me again in that same interview that even though that rakuten Rakuten and basically at one time owned both kobo and overdrive overdrive was sold by rakuten to another company i believe it was kkr and um so but they still have a a great working relationship is what they told me so kobos won't lose overdrive compatibility at all in the near future, like near future, like in the next 10 years. So I think that the two sides on an engineering level and everything, they're really good with each other, especially with like an executive level as well. So introducing audiobooks is something I think that will be big for 2022, as well as new devices from the Kobo Nia and the Kobo Clara HD. So Kobo is in a really good place right now. They have like a lot of e-readers in their portfolio they're probably in the best position that they've ever been in before they have more accessories they have like more stores that are carrying these one of the keys to Kobo's success is unlike Amazon which is basically online only and in the states they have a few agreements with like some big box retailers where you can buy Kobo's like I say like Best Buy Uh, but outside of the states they really don't have any type of retail visibility at all. And if you may be smaller markets, yeah. But on like a global scale, no. Whereas Kobo on a global scale, one of the keys to their success is they always partnered with like bookstores rather than big box tech stores. Because they want to be where the readers are, and the readers are at bookstores. So that's like generally why, if you go to a Funok or to a Chapters Indigo in Canada or to, you know, uh, like a Waterstones in the UK, um, in countless markets in, in Taiwan, Germany, like France, like everywhere, like you will be hard-pressed to be in a market that Kobo operates in and not have some sort of partner that is in the form of like a retailer that's generally like a bookstore. The States is a bit of an anomaly. They do business with Walmart, and they're generally not really in Walmart stores. You can buy online from Walmart, but most stores don't stock the Kobo e-readers. The reason is kind of complicated. But the TLDR of it is that Kobo at one time had a partnership with Borders, Borders Books. As you know, they closed like almost like a decade ago now. But their assets, like including the Kobo contract, were sold to like a myriad of like other companies. So Kobo couldn't really partner with other books, like books, like bookstores, like Independent bookstores or anything like that in the states. So eventually, they managed to do a Walmart deal through like Rakuten and, and Walmart Japan. So that's what's happening there with Kobo, Barnes and Noble. Well, they are they're in an interesting place right now. Last year, they they refreshed the Glowlight Four, and that was kind of unexpected. And this year, they did an FCC application for a new e-reader. We don't really know too much about it other than, from what I gather, from like what memory that they're using, I believe it's like four gigs and the Bluetooth version that they're using. Uh, They're using USB-C, of course. But... From all sense and purposes, it looks like an entry-level e-reader, which Barnes & Noble hasn't really had before. They've always sort of had the Glowlight series, and, um, you know, that that's basically it. You know, they, they, they basically did, like the simple touch over the years and they've done tablets and things like that. But from an e-reader perspective, they generally had like one or two different things in their portfolio. Generally a newer newer device and an older device that was generally often on sale to just try to get rid of inventory. But right now they have the Nook Glowlight 4, which is a mid-level e-reader, they have the Barnes & Noble uh, Nook Glowlight Plus, the 7.8 version of it, and I believe that this new e-reader that's going to probably be coming out spring of this year is is what I what I'm what I've been told. So they're going. It's an, it's an entry-level e-reader. So they'll sort of have entry-level, mid-level, and high-level. And for an e-reader company, that's generally what your strategy is so you can appeal to people who are on a budget people who have a little bit more money to spend on better features and then people who have had different e-readers over the years and they just want the best you know those are the people that buy the oasis or the ellipsa or the sage you know uh, these are the people that spend the hundreds and hundreds of dollars. For the best reading experience possible, because you just have the best features possible, so I think that this is a good strategy from Barnes and Noble. There are also a few things that the company is also doing. They have integrated audiobooks into their main website, so BarnesandNoble.com. They are advertising audiobooks now. So if you search for a book now on Barnes and Noble, not only will you see the print book. And an ebook but there'll also be an audiobook too and if you go to bn.com/audiobooks they have an actual audiobook landing page and they have included audiobook functionality like an audiobook player and an audiobook shopping experience on the main nook e-reading app for ios and android so you should have an update already on these on these things where you could like listen to audiobooks download samples and all that type of stuff and i don't like right now there's no plans to integrate Audiobook functionality on the Nook e-reader right now, but I the like the sense that I got was that all of the Nooks have Bluetooth. So the Nook Glowlight Four uh, or Nook light Five, sorry, uh, it has Bluetooth. Uh, even the previous generation did. So. Um. Yeah, so, sorry, the Glow Light 4. Um, I just had to, like, double-check. So, yeah, it, it's technically the Glowlight 4, but the Glow Light 3 also had Bluetooth as well. But the company never really did anything with it. Same with the Nook uh, Glow Light Plus 7.8. It also has Bluetooth, but the company never really did anything with it. So, I kind of think that Barnes & Noble is in a good position that they introduce, like, audiobooks for sale on the e-readers and you can listen to them on the e-readers because don't forget Nook uses Android as an OS for all of their e-ink devices this is what they've done from day one they've never run Linux like Kobo or Amazon they've always been Android but you would never know that they would run Android because it's just so heavily skinned that you don't really kind of get that vanilla Android experience it's very very closed off ecosystem to the average user they would never know that they're running android but it's also in their best interest to use android because you could use the default android media player if you wanted to, to listen to audiobooks or you can just use like a free api or something like that and doing it this way barnes and noble wouldn't have to pay commissions to anybody which is you know the the thing in the business that you want to do that the less hands in the like in in the pie is better so let's look example barnes and noble doesn't sell audiobooks on iOS because of the apple tax but they do sell audiobooks and ebooks on google play and I know that Google Play is going to be increasing the commissions uh, for independent, like, or, you know, bigger companies, but they also work out sweetheart deals as well. So when, when I talked to Barnes Noble, I didn't really get a sense that they were going to pull ebook and audiobook purchases from Google Play, but selling ebooks and audiobooks on the e readers basically aside from just the processing fees like you know one percent there's no extra fees that they have to pay to anybody they don't have to like pay anybody extra royalties because they're using their own ecosystem as a content delivery platform so yeah in 2022 expect audiobooks to be advertised in the stores and for the company to be very bullish about it I also can foresee them introducing at some point 2022 audiobook functionality on all of their new e-readers. So on their current ones that they're selling as well as, well as whatever new entry-level model that they're coming out. And aside from that, I don't really think they're going to do anything like a kid's e-reader or um, anything like that. They, they pretty well are in a good position with Nooks going forward. So what is everyone else doing? Well, You know, 2021 was a very difficult year for the e-reader industry, primarily because of COVID, but there was also a screen shortage for everybody. So e-ink suffered from an electronic paper display shortage. Their largest factory in China was closed down for most of the year. Uh, The only reason why all these new devices came out is because they opened up new production lines at their factory in Taiwan and in Boston, Massachusetts. But their Chinese factory is now back online. So everything's more or less back to normal. So Tolino will probably do their version of the Sage and perhaps the uh, Ellipsa at some point this year. As you know, Kobo does all the hardware for Tolino now. So they sort of did their, like, um, they, they basically did, like, their version of, like, the Libra 2 uh, for T- Tolino uh, in late last year. And they kind of told me when I talked to them on the phone that they had plans to release other models, but there just really wasn't enough. So they did the Vision 6. So I think they'll probably do, like, the Epos, a new version of the Epos, Uh, which will probably be, like, the Sage. But they may do, like, a total new product category because, like, they're, they're, you know, they can't really do an Epos because the Epos was, like, their version of, like, the Forma. You know what I mean? So they might have to come up with, like, you know, a new naming convention because they've always had, like, the Shine, uh, the Vision, the Epos, and, like, you know, generally, like, a cheaper, like, option. So... It's kind of up in the air what they're going to name them, but they are going to take, like, basically everything in Kobo's modern portfolio and uh, use it. I mean, they're using, like, the Nia and the Clara, like, their, you know, like, the Page, which is their entry-level model, and, like, the Shine, which is their version of, like, the Clara, so... You know, you have to sort of look at what Kobo was doing to find out what Tolino is going to do. So, if you're not familiar with T- uh, Tolino, they're basically big in Germany, but also in like Belgium, Switzerland, most German-speaking markets. They have like a president, like Switzerland, and, and everything like that. So, they're they're sort of like a bigger player. I don't see Remarkable doing anything this year. Uh, they are basically playing catch up. The EPD shortage uh, and everything hit them hard. So basically, they were sold out of Remarkables at many different times in 2022, I mean, 2021. Uh, supply chain issues more or less have stabilized, but they have outsourced their accessories to new companies. So what I was told is that iReader got the contract to make the remarkable styluses. So Remarkable used to do them by themselves and it increased costs. So they've now outsourced the production of remarkable marker signatures as well as the stock stylus to iReader who is based in China and they're a friend of the website. So they often give us like good scoops and stuff like that. But we also sell a lot of their devices on their on the goodie reader store. So, I don't see Remarkable really doing anything new this year. Um, Just business as usual. You know, they just basically just released the Remarkable 2, you know, in the last, like, year and a half or so. And they've really been bullish around that. So, yeah, nothing new from Remarkable. Supernote, uh, they are in trouble, like, financially. Um, They sell e-readers themselves as well as we've stocked them and sell them like in our network of stores. They told me that they can't meet demand anymore. They have like 4,000 outstanding orders on their website, and they can only make like 30 or 40 units like a month. So basically they will be able to never catch up Or even get close to fulfilling orders. So I've heard rumors that they're going to go out of business. Like, and it's a very strong likelihood that they just might, like, you know, you'll soon see the proverbial graveyard photo on our website saying, like, Supernote R.I.P. You know, we've we've done that numerous times in the past with e-reader companies that have, like, gone belly up like Entourage, like the Sony uh e-readers, like uh um yeah there there's been like tons like over the years that have like closed so our <laughs> our websites like littered with the gravestones of like companies <clears throat> so you might see that. Uh yeah they they're in they're in desperate need of of it's not even money, it's just like they can't there's not enough EPD panels to go around for them to make anymore because like China's factory just came online and E-Ink is still overcharging everybody on screens right now and remark and you know Supernote just like they're in a between a rock and a hard place so for everybody who has outstanding orders of like the Supernote A5X you are pretty well doomed at this point the a6x is still good like it's still easy to get and easy to like do uh same with all the remor- uh super new accessories the hard metal stylus um you know case their cow cases like and leather cases they're still like high availability because when they make cases they make uh, like you know fifty thousand of them so like they have a lot but just with their a5x Uh, which is their 10.3 inch edition it's just it's a nightmare right now so what else is everybody doing well let's talk about onyx they pretty well are one of the like companies that we really like and they have done a really good job at coming out with new devices with incremental updates but they also focus really hard on the software experience. Literally every couple of months they're releasing firmware updates, not only for their newest models, but bringing like features that were only available on their newest models and bringing them back to the previous generation and then bringing them to the previous generation before that because they know that their devices on the most part are pretty expensive like they're 13.3 inch lumies like generally like 800 bucks like 900 bucks they're you know nova air note note series you know they're generally like you know 599 like 699 and you know they have e-readers to hit all the the price points like the poke and uh the nova uh you know, they, they've had more in their portfolio, like the, the Nova Air, you know, this generation and stuff like that. So they, they've they added more SKUs in their, like, lineup. So they have, like, more devices now than ever before. And that's not even counting uh, the Nova 3 Color that they released, like, last year. So <clears throat> one thing that Kobo has done, or sorry, what, that what Onyx Books has done is that they've pretty well went all in with digital note-taking devices. Everything but really the poke has a stylus and could be used to edit ebooks, edit PDF files, uh, to just draw on the screen, to take notes, uh, to download apps, like because they have Google Play on them. And that's one of the, the big reasons why people have embraced the brand is because it, it's one of the few e-notes in the world that have access to Google Play Store. So you can download OneNote, Evernote, uh, whatever app that you want, like whatever your favorite PDF reader is that you can install. If you are a manga fan, I mean, there's there's a lot of manga apps out there, both legitimate and non-legitimate. Like Viz is like probably the best legit paid service out there. They have like six or seven different services, you know, Crunchyroll manga, if you subscribe to like their anime service, you can just get like free manga. I mean, there's a lot of manga out there and it looks really good on larger screen devices like 10.3 and 13.3, comics, like magazines, newspapers, no matter what your jam is, I mean, if you have an app that you like to use on your iPhone or like your Android device, you could just download it from like Google Play on like the Sonic's and get tremendous value out of it so most you know onyx has really done something that we've recommended that they do for years which has come out with like a line of premium accessories you know in the past if you bought an onyx device it generally came with like a very non-compelling stylus you know plastic stylus you know plastic nib no buttons on the side. Most of the, you know, I, most of the times it didn't have an eraser on the top, but some models like did. Now they came out with like the Pen Plus and like the Pen Pro, and the you know, I mean, it's high quality materials. You pay more. They they've come out with like premium leather cases. That you know, they they have like a long good line of digital stationery. I mean, not as good as Super Notes, um, but I mean, they're slowly starting to embrace digital stationery, uh, just because, like, from an e-commerce standpoint, you know, you guys probably know that we run the Goody Reader store. It's goodyreader.com slash blog slash shop. And, I mean, we have, like, six or seven hundred different e-readers and accessories. And, like, it, like, it, the profit margins on accessories are insane, like USB cables, cases, replacement nibs nib removal tools i mean you know like screen protectors all those things are like super high margins like you know sometimes you can make more on accessories than you would on just selling like an e-reader because like we charge the same rate on most of our e-readers than, than everyone else charges. So like if you go to Amazon, we usually have the same price or we deliberately lower our prices. So we just like make less. But, you know, it, it gives us a bit of a competitive advantage for the people that are like, yo, I'm shopping on a budget. So I'm going to buy from a trusted vendor that has the the best prices. So, you know, we we spent a lot of time manually adjusting our price. Like we're not at the point now where we have like algorithms and AI and all this other stuff automatically adjusting all of this like in the background, although that is the dream, isn't it folks like anybody who runs an e-commerce shop, isn't the dream to like dynamically have your prices lower anytime like the competition increases or decreases like their prices like that's the dream but you know with onyx they want all their vendors to charge exactly the same price and sometimes they have sales and they're like yo you can have the same sales on that so generally with onyx devices all products and accessories and readers and e-notes are generally the same price no matter what platform you're shopping on because they just don't want like um they just don't want like all their distributors competing against each other because like you know sometimes distributors order like three or four hundred of each unit and so they're sitting on inventory and if like one distributor is like yo i'm gonna just charge 50 bucks less so that distributor is like stuck with all these units that he can't sell so he sells them like at less and then you know i see that he's charging less so i'm gonna just charge even less and then that way like you know there's, there's, there's like a point of diminishing returns where like basically nobody's making a profit because you know, everyone's just competing at price. So Onyx just doesn't want to do that. So what is Onyx plans for 2022? Well, man, they're just going to like refresh everything. It's like Lumi 4, Note 6, Note Air 3. Uh They're going to do a new color e-reader. Probably. Yeah. I mean, generally, Onyx and Pocketbook are the two brands that have really embraced every new generation of Cleto. So with Cleto 1, Pocketbook did the Pocketbook color 6-inch. Uh, they did the Nova 2 color in a very limited quantity. They told me that the reason why they sort of, they only made like about like 500 units total because they were like, you know, this this color thing is like new. Will, will customers actually buy it? is this the type of thing that like it has any traction and like they were sold out in like less than 24 hours so they made more and like we bought out like basically all their inventory they couldn't even fulfill their own orders because like we were just like yo how many do you have 400 send them all to us and we sold them in like i don't know like a month month and a half total and they were just like yo we never expected this and you know they were all shocked you know because i talked to their marketing department a lot i have a few high level contacts at the at the company both from like a news like publication perspective but also because like you know we carry their products from the store so that's one of the cool advantages of us running the store it's not like I'm like yo I'm always mentioning the store because I want you guys to buy stuff from it and which is true you know I do want you to buy I'd rather buy you know you buy stuff from us that aren't Kobo or Amazon devices, although we do have the same price for Barnes & Noble stuff because we also have an official relationship with Barnes & Noble now. So we can actually charge the same price that they charge uh, on their websites, but we don't have the same relationship with Kobo because we can buy in the 5,000 MOQ unit that they demand in order to get dealer discounts. And Amazon doesn't give dealer discounts to anybody unless you're like a Walmart or a Best Buy or, you know, you operate many chain stores and have like, 100 million customers visit your site like on a monthly basis that's not us but on almost every other device aside from like the the big two you know we generally stock their stuff and one that we know where i'm going with this is that we get a lot of scoops and most of them i can't report on the site because it's like you know they're kind of like telling me that you know generally in like three or four weeks, we're going to announce a new product. We're giving you like the scoop early so you can make a product listing and everything like that. Um, But I mean, there's, you know, Kalito 1, you know, Pocketbook Color, Onyx Book Nova 2 Color, uh, Ian Kalito Plus, which was basically Ian Kalito 2, the Pocketbook Ink Pad, and the Onyx Book Nova 3 Color were basically the two best examples of new ink color technology that was in English. And then at the tail end of 2021 and early 2022, Big Me started to enter the fray with Ian Calito 2 displays. They did the Carve Color and the B1 Max Plus, I think. So they had, they, they, big me with their current generation. We were used to review their stuff and it was just like, yo, this hardware is good, but I mean, it's just, it's Chinese. You know what I mean? It's how many devices have we reviewed on like the website that are like, yo, the C Reader is pretty cool. Um, it has great specs. It looks like a Kindle Oasis clone. You know, from hardware perspective, it's deadly. Like, quad-core processor, you know, 6 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage. But it's Chinese only, and it's pretty well locked to Chinese. And people are just like, either don't comment, or they're just like... Why do you review so much crappy Chinese products? Because it's like, yo, we're good e We review everything no matter where it comes out from. It just so happens that, like, a lot of e beaters are made in China. But Big Me has, like, made the decision with their current generation. They released, like, six new devices at the end of 2021 and early 2022, and they all have English. And they were like, yo, going forward, we're going to always offer like two different languages Chinese well three traditional Chinese like Mandarin and Cantonese and then English and your entire UI changes to English and that's like why we're crazy bullish about like Me now is because they're one of the few companies that started China only you know JD.com Alibaba only you know, now they're like, yo, you want to distribute for us? Like we're looking for English distributors and we're like, yo, just send us all these review units and the stuff that's good we'll carry in our store, but we'll do reviews of like all your stuff on our YouTube channel and the more exciting stuff we'll do written reviews. Like, So I did written reviews for like the B1 Pro Plus, for the uh, Carve Color, and we we're getting like six new devices being sent to us that we should be getting in the next few weeks. <clears throat> so they're doing stuff that's like really exciting now um but onyx they pretty well what their plans are is that calito 3 will come out sometime this year obviously onyx and pocketbook were the two companies that have embraced calito 1 Cledo 2 reasonable deduction would say that they'll do a third generation. I mean, obviously, right, folks? They'll probably do it. Same with Big Me will do it as well. So I can expect like a Nova 4 nova 4 color you know incremental updates with like the hardware you know ddrx 4x ram um you know and more memory like a a better you know uh, nice thing about onyx now is that they're not using like cheap processors anymore but they're actually using qualcomm snapdragon cpus so you know, they, they're obviously not going to do, like, the system-on-a-chip version that, like, a lot of cell phone companies are going to do because e-readers don't really need that. But they probably will use, like, a better version of the Snapdragon processor, so it'll be snappier. They'll have more RAM, so it'll be higher performance. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the things, again, what I said is that they focus a more on a software experience. So they have, like, three or four different speed modes that... Depending on what task you're going to do, is going to dramatically change how responsive and you know how well it performs. For example, if you're using an app that has a lot of animated page turns, if you're just using like the normal mode, you're going to get like the glitch, 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 glitch from the E Ink refresh system. But if you suddenly increase like the performance of the speed mode the page turn speed will be like automatic. You won't even like see the animation. It'll just be like instant page turn. And that's just because like all the under, like the under the hood performance and speed increases. So generally with these speed modes, you sacrifice a bit on image quality, like quality for each like speed mode that you increase. So you can do things like Listen to music on YouTube. You can't. It's not really great for watching video, even at the best speed mode. But you can like listen to videos, like especially like um you know those like music to read to or music to study to type videos. You know you can watch those because there isn't like a lot of animations. There's just like between songs or between a few songs, like the girl might blow like a bubble gum or write like on like you know a piece of paper or something like that. They might do something like that, you know, something like that on Onyx looks great. But generally, with Onyx, incremental upgrades, better processors, more space, more storage, um, you know, just things like that. So I think it's just more of the same from Onyx. I hope they do something exciting, but generally, they cover all the they, they, they cover all the screen sizes. Like they basically do everything from thirteen point three to ten point three to seven point eight. To 6.8 to 6 inches, so they they cover all the price points and they cover them well, so that's what they're doing. So, now that we talked about Onyx, uh, what about Boyu? Well, the company formerly known as Boyu, um, they pretty well are in a pretty precarious state right now, so. Here's the deal with Boyu. They're basically rebranded. Okay, so the Boyu company still exists, right? And so, okay. (laughs) It's kind of complicated. I'm kind of like thinking about how to phrase it where I'm not going to bore you. So Boyu has been in business for like five or six years. And it's only been in the last three years that they embraced English so they were a company that started in China and they looked at what Onyx was doing and around the same time that like Onyx was just in China and then suddenly they're like yo we should probably do English firmware and like get distributors and sell like on amazon.com and you know all these like English channels and no one's gonna buy them if they're Chinese only so we're gonna embrace like English and put Google Play on it boom you know Onyx is making money hands over fist right now they're They're in, they're probably for a privately held company. Like, they're probably in the best position in making more money than probably even Barnes and Noble is with e-readers. They're not making as much as Kobo is doing because Kobo not only sells hardware, but they also sell e-books, whereas, like, Onyx pretty well focuses on just hardware sales. They don't really make any money through digital content because they don't actually have, like, a digital content delivery system, similar to Boyu. So Boyu is pretty well focused on half e-readers and half e-notes. So last year they kind of said like, yo, um, we're almost bankrupt as a company and we're not in a great position. And and this is after releasing the Boyu P6, the Boyu P7 the boyu p10 the lemon reed edition and now all these devices aren't available anymore so the f- a former executives of boyu started a new company called how queen um basically former executives and their first product was the me p78 pro how about 329.99 free case and stylus you can get it from the Goody reader store but it's, it's on pre-order it's hard to get basically the epd shortage destroyed boyu and this new company basically they could not pay e-ink surcharges when their factory was shut down in for the last couple of years, like in China, they ignored that could, they paid like the premiums. Whereas, like Amazon, Kobo, Barnes and Noble, Onyx books, they could because they have deep pocketbooks, uh, which is why Supernote was running into production issues with their Supernote A5X, which I talked about earlier. Uh, Boy, you same thing with all their like uh, products. Everything's pretty well discontinued and I don't really see anything coming back. I, I just think this company is in trouble itself I mean, they only have one product that they're selling and it's not even like available to buy for like the next couple of months I heard April. It's not gonna be available. I mean, we did a review on it Um, It got one comment Uh, It's just because like who has heard of this brand before, you know, me book P78 by how Quing. you know, it's like it just sounds like a Chinese reader but i mean it has google play on it it's the only other company besides like onyx and dasung um, that have google play on their devices so i mean there is value here it's in english um, you know google play to install apps i mean i this, you know it's just uphill road battle when you form a new company and you don't have a website or anything you know um, boyu has never had a website same with this like new how queen company they don't have a website they have social media channels but i mean there's only so much you can do on twitter and facebook and if for a new company how are you even gonna like play catch up so yeah uh boyu brand is just r.i.p at this point as how quick thing i will have to see how 2022 goes but i'm not even going to speculate like they just constantly you know that's tail end 2021 they released like three new devices within a period of like a month and a half they're all discontinued so that speaks volumes i've already talked about big me and you know spread throughout the onyx book and like super note category so i won't really like rehash anything i said but uh suffice to say they're looking pretty good at this point the only downside is that they don't have Google Play on it um, we are experimenting with installing G apps on it to see if like you know you can run like Google services like Gmail and uh, you know one Dr- uh, Google Drive and stuff like that but it's we get so many like new devices like on a daily basis like it's really really hard to um, to accurately, like, you know, will this work on it, or will this work on it? It's, like, generally, when we release, you know, like, here's new devices that we've just reviewed in, like, the last couple weeks. It's, like, I don't know, the... The big, you know, we did a preview of the Big Me X6, which is their first 13.3. We did a hands on review of the Xiaomi Moan Mix 7, which actually has English. Uh, we are getting a review unit of the Y Ben P47L Mini, which is a 4.7 inch e reader. We uh did a big, we've done a lot of coverage on the Huawei MatePad paper, so we're going to be reviewing that soon. We did the card color review, we did uh, we're getting like three or four different picture frames uh we've done like eye reader videos watch videos I mean there's so much videos that we're just doing on our YouTube channel that we can't possibly like do written reviews on our website about it so a lot of like the reviews that we're doing are just like YouTube exclusives I, I believe we did like a Skagen smartwatch review lately um you know, if if our YouTube exclusives get like you know ten thousand views in a week, sure we'll do a do a written review on it. Like we generally do that, um, but we do written reviews obviously right out of the gates with like e readers that people know. You know, who knows about the Huawei Mix Seven? Nobody knows about that shit. You know, just nobody. I don't know just from the comments and stuff nobody really cares but it's actually a pretty good unit you know from an e-reading point of view it's awesome but yeah I mean the big me Carved color right now is probably the best color e-note that you can buy I mean literally dudes it's like it's a 10.3 inch and it has Ian Kaleido 2 this is the first 10.3 that has color uh you can like draw like in I don't know 24 different colors it comes with a stylus that has like a highlight function and eraser function uh you you can do much like an erase, you know their stylus is money it has like the most front light technology it's made of like uh like a block of aluminum it's the build quality is awesome i mean it has four gigs of ram 120 gigs of internal storage It has an SD card capable of an additional 120 gigs of storage, USB C, I mean, English Bluetooth 5.1. I mean, it has all of the bells and whistles. The only thing going against it is that it costs $999, which actually is we're not overcharging on this we actually are matching their msrp uh because we have a distribution agreement with big me now so uh we can our prices have like been lowered by a couple hundred dollars on every unit uh, on the site so that's good but i mean i am super bullish on like what big me is doing just because everyone else is doing sort of like 7.8s for Cleto 2, both like Pocketbook and what Onyx book did. And so I find it just very interesting that like Bing Me was like, yo, we're gonna do a 10.3 inch you note know, with color. And you know, obviously I did a review on that because like that's friggin' awesome. Um you know so Some of our reviews are YouTube exclusives right now, uh, especially from, like, these, like, minor companies that, like, a lot of people haven't heard of before. But, I mean, we have, like, the new uh, free, write typewriter being sent out to us. We have, like... Six new e readers coming from Big Me. We have like a myriad of new e ink smartwatches that are coming. There's a citizen uh, e ink smartwatch that's running e ink that we have to review. It's like Xiaomi sending us like more. Howie sending us the paper made paper when it comes out in April or May. um Yeah, it's just, it's too much to like. Too much like to review like on the website because like I do most of the reviews, so I kind of like do we'll do written reviews on like the stuff that interests me and the things that I think will interest viewers because like I'm kind of tired of like doing reviews of like Chinese only e readers that like provide like no value, like um, the second generation uh, Moan, uh, the Ink Palm Mini, the the second uh, uh, generation, I. Th- think i did a very short review on that um and i didn't even like put it like in the carousel at the top because i'm like you know generally people aren't just very uh keen on that but you've now been brought up to date with what most of the e-reader companies are doing uh in 2022 i you know there's a lot out there um i didn't talk about bokeen what they're doing uh they'll probably like refresh they'll probably do something it's been like maybe a year or two since they did like the diva and diva hd uh they pretty well just sold in france it's like you know their ebook stores like french but you know if you live in quebec there's a lot of french-speaking countries out there even just islands like corsica you know that's like basically like close to italy uh, but it's the French island. So, I mean, you know, people could buy them there. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that speak French in the world. So they can see value in like a French only ecosystem. I mean, when I was growing up in Ontario, um, in the high school I went to, I went to a Catholic high school. And one of the programs that they had, I mean, being in Canada, French is like our secondary language. But they had French immersion like classes and they taught all the classes in French so it was like basically you nobody's you know most people didn't speak English like in class like the teachers didn't speak English during like lessons or anything like that I'm sure students I, I was never in those classes so I couldn't tell you but I know that all of them spoke English like English was their primary language but for either their parents, like, got them into it or they were just like, yo, a lot of my friends, like, that I went to primary and middle school with, they're in French immersion, so I'll just do that as well. So, um, you know, all and it's, this is in, like, northern Ontario, so I'm pretty sure that in Canada there's a lot of students and kids out there that speak, like, French only, and there really isn't any good ecosystems entirely in French other than Bokeen. Uh The only disadvantage is that I tried ordering a product from Bokeen and it was like, the e-reader was like 150 bucks US and it was like $199 in shipping just to send it to Canada. So it's basically more than a unit cost in shipping. And, and they only had like one shipping option. It was like two or three days shipping. I was like, yo, I could see why this company like pretty well, still nobody's really heard of them because dude, you pay 150 bucks and it costs like more than an e-reader costs just to ship it outside of France. That's, that's whack. That's, that's the epitome of whack. Um, and I haven't talked about, um, there's a Taiwanese, uh, company, Readmoo. They do like the, I don't know, the, um, yeah, they've done like a few of like Readmoo's, uh digital note-taking devices basically readers we've never really reviewed those because they're sold in taiwan they're basically chinese only blah 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 you know so it's like i'm getting kind of tired of reviewing chinese only devices so it's like you know i've reached out to them numerous times over the years i'm like yo goodie reader you've heard of us like and they're like yeah and you know that's my pitch to them it's like yo I'm michael a goody reader have you heard of us and generally most people will say yes i'm an avid reader of like your website and then i start like pitching them and stuff but i don't want to send like a big introductory email like hi i'm michael from goodyreader.com uh, i run a website you know we get like 20 million readers like a month and stuff um you know our youtube channel is 100,000 subscribers you know we got like a silver play button you know which is big on the e-reader industry most of the other people who review e readers, or even like the people who sell e readers, sell e readers. Like you know, the Onyx Book official channel. I think they have like two thousand subscribers. I think Kobo has like twenty thousand. I think Nook has like less than ten thousand. I mean, you know, we do pretty well for ourselves. You know, for being just on e readers, which is like a niche in a niche in a niche. You know, like. If you listen to the show, you, you dig e-readers, or at least you you kind of dig me, because I'm a, I'm a quite dapper guy. But, you know, I mean, um, you know, our website focuses pr- on primarily on e-paper displays. Um, you know, ink isn't the only game in town. You know, we have DS Slurry. Over the years, we've had Clear Ink, Plastic Logic. You know, these companies are still around. But then most companies aren't like Miracel and... Uh, Yeah, the companies that was sold to, like, Samsung and then to Amazon. And they never did anything with it, a.k.a. Liquivista. So, I mean, you know, we reported on all this stuff. Pixel Queen, just general tech and screen tech in general. So, um, if it's meant to be read-on, I'm interested. Especially, I'm interested in, like, kind of cool new tech that's using, you know. Like, all the the, the re-inkstone R1 uh, which is borderline scam. Um, you know, there, there was a few DS slick slurries. There was the the top joy butterfly. Uh, we've reviewed those cause I mean, you know, um, English for one, uh, they can run apps. I mean, they're using a new, new generation of color e-paper technology that's never been seen before. Obviously I'm going to be reviewing the hell of that, but you know, I'm not gonna review Chinese only devices anymore on the website. So that's sort of like 2022 for Goody Reader, like editorial direction. Uh, Also editorial direction, just because we do a review on our YouTube channel doesn't necessarily mean we'll do a review on like the website just because, you know, it has to be engaging enough. Like I reviewed the WeChat Reader by Tencent which is a pocket reader, Chinese only device, it, I wrote it on March the 10th, it's March 13th, that was like one comment, uh, you know, even like big by, by bigger companies, like the Onyx Book Poke 3 special edition review, zero comments, it's just like, you know, whereas like you look at our YouTube reviews and it's like, 60 comments 100 comments 200 comments. So some of like the stuff going forward will just be like YouTube exclusive Especially with like the fringy stuff um, You know same with like like e-paper stuff like in general like smart watches I don't know. Do you want us to like start reviewing smart watches? There's a lot of eating stuff out there and you know, we've reviewed a few on the like on the, the YouTube channel and It is strong engagement, but I'm not too sure if, like, people want to see E-Ink, you know, um, smartwatches. I mean, we've reviewed E-Ink phones a lot, um, especially the ones by Hisense, because they pretty well do color e-paper phones. You know, uh, as Onyx and Pocketbook are e-reader companies that do color e-readers, Hisense has quietly been operating behind the scenes in... Uh, they only sell their stuff in japan or sorry in china but they have english on them like a full english opera like thing they also have other languages too so uh, they're one of those companies that are like they only kind of focus on china but Focusing on China, why do they support so many languages, and why do they release such great hardware? I mean, I they release like software updates too, like on the regular, and they are pretty well virtually like unknown, like in Europe and like in North America. I mean, obviously people have heard of High Sense. I mean, High Sense like TVs are sold like in all the big box stores. Like I know in Canada and the U.S., like Walmart and Best Buy, and Target. Like, even just like at, um, what is that membership program that you pay and you're like a member? Uh, Costco. Uh, yep. At Costco, too, you can buy like High Sense stuff. But with High Sense phones, it's weird because they support so many network bands that you can get, like, they're all, you know, for instance, their High Sense, uh, a7 cc and a7 a7 is their black and white model a7 cc is their color ink model using kaleido 2 but they're also like 5g and they support most major bands uh, in the uk so for example you you, it uses like orange and a vodafone and verizon it's in the states i think it supports everything but verizon so like at&t sprint uh, and all the smaller companies, I know, in Canada, it supports all the major bands, like carriers, like Rogers, TELUS, Bell, and, um, yeah, I mean, they, they support a ton of different bands, so you can actually get 5G in North America, and, like, Western Europe, and, virtually nobody has heard of these these phones but uh, you know we sell a lot of them like on our store and our you know they only release like maybe one or two phones a year so i kind of think that they'll probably do phones and it's weird because they usually do them at the beginning of the year but because they already did a Kloido two smartphone in like january february of 2021 i kind of think that they'll probably maintain that same schedule but they may be pushed back towards like the end of summer early fall when like the new e ink color e paper is out what i think is like really hampered color e paper in general was that kaleido 3 was originally supposed to come out last year but the pandemic um the ep the you know the e ink factory in china being shut down it just it nixayed all their plans which basically Everybody in the you know every every kind of everybody involved in the e-reader space was affected by this. So I kind of think that High Sense you know traditionally releases new week smartphones January February of each year. At least that's what they've done for the last three or four years. So I mean history, right, folks? But I think that they'll probably be pushed back to like the end of the year will they probably do that and then take advantage of like the christmas season singles day like in china um you know the various like date you know like the you know everybody sort of does black friday deals it's just not like an american holiday anymore i mean we do that in canada and our thanksgiving is like a month or or a month and a half before american thanksgiving but we still celebrate black friday here because it's like it's it's Black Friday sales, folks! Come one, come all. Two buy two for two for one. Buy five for one. You know, it's just sales, right? And and people celebrate Black Friday in more countries than not uh, right now. So hopefully, you guys are finding this show insightful and compelling. If you want to learn more about anything we've talked about in today's show, and you're listening to this on a platform such as Google Podcast. Uh, audible, um, Amazon music, tune in, um, iTunes, etc. You can visit goodyreader.com and you can like, you know, usually the, the radio show is like generally on the front page for like a day or two. So you can uh, comment on it, anything you've listened to on the show. If you're listening to this on the goody reader website via, you know, mobile or tablet, or, you know, just uh, using your, Old internet browser. Uh, comment below. Let us know if anything needs clarification that I've talked to. Uh, if I've forgotten a company, if you want to learn more about certain companies plans in 2022 that you want me to go into detail on, drop a comment below. Again, goodyreader.com is your online destination for all the latest e-reader news and e-paper insider information, as well as we talk about book recommendations, ebook news. E-paper tech in general, and a whole lot more. So we've hired more writers lately. Um, you've noticed our editorial quality has increased. We have an editor now, and uh, we have all sorts of stuff. So join in on the fun! Subscribe to the Goody Reader Radio Show, and we'll talk to you later.